Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There you go. Holy Father, God of love and mercy, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may, you may lead us and help us to know your will and live your will. We beg you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Sorry. These are the things that happen here. Let's see. Someone typed some stuff on the side here so I know that this is working. Do, 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 do. Okay. Anyway, this is Father Larry. You go. This is Father Larry Richards. It is working. Good job. This is Father Larry Richards, and this is Anchored in Hope. Late because we had uh, a problem uh, connecting. Someone was working here earlier and uh, must have disconnected something. So that's okay. We'll be fine. It's the season of hope. And as we focus on the season of hope, we know that our God is a God of hope. Advent is this time of hope. Every time a baby is born, it shows that God says that we need to continue, that there's still hope for the world. And when Jesus Christ was born, it was the greatest hope we could ever have. That's how God conquers our sin, our darkness. He becomes a baby. It's so different than the way we would do things, huh? The way we want to do things is uh, conquer people and put people down and stand on strength. And God becomes a baby. He dies on the cross. He does everything to love us and to save us. So what happens to us is we got to do everything to bring hope and salvation to others the way God does for us. So it's just one of those things that uh, we got to remember as we're in this season. We got to remember what this season's about. If you didn't get, I sent a, a letter out today to all my members of the uh, foundation and sign up for emails. So if you didn't get it, I encourage you to do that. It's just a, a way to have a good Christmas this year and a good Advent. And if you did get it, it says, it's right from me. It says from Father Larry Richards, and I'm not asking for money. Don't you hate when people ask you for money? Every letter you get from them or every email or there's something there, it says, please donate and help our cause. I hate that. That's why for Christmas, I, I make sure we're, don't you put anything else in here, just... Let's talk about Jesus and let's talk about Christ and being born and how to have a good Christmas. So um, if you didn't get it, just email the foundation and ask for it. I'll also put it up on my Facebook uh, later on. Okay. Okay, so let's go right in since we're running late here. The first thing I want to do... Um, which I don't know if I can do now because I'm I'm on my phone here. Let's see. Yeah, no, I can't. I don't think I can. Anyway, someone emailed me and asked um, if I could deal with what the Holy Father said in the plane the other day, which that's when he gets in the most trouble. <laughs> it's when he makes, uh, when he says something on the plane. And anyway, what he said on the plane, and it said the way they put it out on the, um, the news as the Holy Father says sex is not a sin or something, or sex outside of marriage isn't a sin. And so I thought, 
Well, well, that'd be interesting if that's what he said. But of course, that's not what he said. What he said, if you go and I'd encourage you, like that's what I actually have. Um, I actually uh, went and after the person did it, I went and read the whole interview. And that's what you need to do is go read the whole interview. And he talks about uh, how, you know, the, the bishop resigning in uh, Paris because of the, you know, touching or whatever. It was inappropriate what he said. But he says, uh, he, he didn't say sex isn't a sin. He says it's not the worst sin. And then he talks about what's worse than uh, sex outside of marriage and that kind of stuff. What's worse than that is hatred and judgment and all that other stuff. And of course, I agree with him because Jesus agrees with him. Remember, again, nowhere, before I say this, let me think, do, 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 do. As far as I remember at this moment, nowhere does Jesus talks about sexual sins sending you to hell. Now, Paul does. Paul does a lot. <laughs> Just so you know, you know, like, again, I make my kids, when I taught prep, I made them memorize Ephesians chapter five, verses five to seven. And Ephesians chapter five, uh, verses five to seven says, make no mistake about it. No fornicator, no unclean or lustful person. In effect, an idolater will have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ or of God. Let no one deceive you with worthless arguments. These are sins that bring down God's wrath on the disobedient. Therefore, have nothing to do with them. So the word of God says that a person who has sex outside of marriage can go to hell huh? and will go to hell. The Pope says sexual sin isn't the worst sin. Because when Jesus talks about who goes to hell explicitly, as we've talked about a thousand times on this podcast, is I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no, no drink. Get out of my sight, you condemned into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So not taking care of the poor will send you to hell just as fast as having sex outside of marriage. But in the context of what the Pope was saying is that it's not the worst of sins. What is the worst of sins? Well, from scripture, it'd be the sin against the Holy Spirit. It'd be the worst sin. The second one would be the sin of pride because that's what makes us, you know, when someone comes to me in confession and I said, have you been prideful? And they all, if they, well, a lot of times they'll say, uh, no, Father. Oh yeah, that's your core sin. That's why you do every other sin. Pride is doing it your way. And so there's a lot of sins that'll send you and I to hell. And so when the Holy Father said, in answer to a question, it's not the worst sin, well, he was correct, you know, but again, you have to read it in the context because people have taken that again, blown it out of proportion, or they take it out of context. So always, always, always put it back in the context and read uh, exactly what he said, okay? Sorry, I've been looking at the screen instead of looking at you here. I keep forgetting that we are on my phone now. Anyway, um, I cannot get my phone to uh, show me the comments. They show me the comment as they come up, but I used to be able to have them on my side here. So let me see if I can get them on the YouTube thing. Now I got that. Let me see the live chat. There we go. Good job. Okay. Sorry uh, again about all this tonight. 
So that's the, that's the first question about the Holy Father and what he said. And again, always, always look at what the Holy Father is saying. Okay. Uh, my mom's health. My mom's doing much, uh, well, not much better. I saw her on Monday and she's in the place now. We weren't allowed to see her for two weeks. And so I went down Monday. I was the first one to see her from my family. And I walked out very, very down because she could, it was the first time I couldn't have a conversation with her. Uh, she was just so out of it. And I thought, oh my, how did some, how did this happen so fast? But then I talked to my sister because, you know, her room was a mess. Her bed wasn't made. There was clothes all over the floor. And I'm thinking, you know, we are paying, you know, $6,600 uh, a month. Um, they can at least make sure her room's clean. So um, I guess my sister went after me. And believe it or not, I'm the gentle one in the family. <laughs> so I didn't say anything because uh, my sister did. And we found out they put her on Ativan uh, a couple hours before I got there. And that put her in like a, a comatose. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I, I, I figured it had to be something. I just thought her Alzheimer's got so bad in two weeks, but it was really the medication. So they had put her on another medication for depression and anti-psychotic uh, medication, but they didn't give that to her. They gave her this Ativan, which they should be only giving her at night. So anyway, so that's, uh, that's the whole thing. Okay, let's go here now that I got uh, the, the stuff on the side. What is the dresser tree? What is the Jesse tree stuff? You're reading at mass. Well, Jamie, it's on uh, if you um, on our website as we talked about at the beginning of the uh, beginning of Advent. You can still go to our website at stjoesbol.org, stjoesbol.org, and you can download the booklet and the Jesse tree. Uh, and so every day we're going following along with the booklet. And so families can do it in uh, their own homes. It's a way of bringing everything together to, to talk about new beginnings. So the new beginnings are based and built on the tradition, you know, and so we don't stay there, but we're born there. So I encourage you, um, our whole theme at Advent at my parish this year is new beginnings. And so we use the Jesse tree for that. So if you'd like to follow along every day, just go to our website, again, stjoesbol.org. Right in the very top, it says Advent at St. Joe's. And you can download the ornaments, and you can also download the booklet. And every day we have a different uh, saying, and that's why we do that there in the beginning. So hopefully that'll help you. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be the weirdest thing ever. Oh, my. Okay. Here we go. Let's go on. Father, is there off-street parking at St. Joe's? If you answered, I missed it. I kept refreshing my browser on the Anchored and Hope website. Yes, there's uh, off-street parking. We have on Sunday, we have uh, parking on the side, which is ours, but also they open St. Vincent's uh, parking lot for us. So yes, you can come up there and find plenty of parking on Sundays. Now, during the week, we have parking along the church there, which is the best way to find it. i got to... Uh, do something to turn that off so I'm not I'm looking I keep looking at the screen instead of you guys but let's fix this okay so let's continue here uh, anyone fill your Lenten parish mission slot uh, as far as I know not yet 
Father, is there off-street parking? Yes. Hi, Father Larry. You said last week your numbers are down 36%. Wow, this is sad and it's very concerning. I'm sure consistent across the United States, the church have a strategy to reverse this trend. We have been talking, that's the, the whole thing. Part of it, like, um, is we're so bad with COVID right now. The other day, right across the street from me is St. Vincent's Hospital. And on the same day, two 38-year-olds passed away. Two, both of them unvaccinated. I had one of my kids, 38, who I taught at prep. Great kid. Uh, he passed away uh, two weeks ago, unvaccinated. Um, one of my parishioners just this week just is in the emergency room right now. Please pray for him. Unvaccinated, and he has COVID very bad. He can't breathe. So it's so bad right now. Like when they closed the churches at the beginning of all this, we were fine. But now it's really hit. The other day I was talking to the chaplain of the hospital, and he said in one day they had 60 people they admitted with COVID. 60. You know, and so we just got to sit there and this is very serious. And I think that's why so many people have not yet come back to mass. Because even if you're vaccinated, like uh, one, of my, uh, one of my staff, both her parents got it and both of them got vaccinated, but they still got it. Now, by God's grace, they're in their 80s. They didn't get it as bad if they would not have been vaccinated. And again, that's what shows again and again that if you get it and you're vaccinated, it's a much milder thing. Normally, if you're over uh, 80 and that, it can be bad, even if you are vaccinated. But it at least gives you uh, some protection, you know. And so uh, it's just I think that's still the main reason a lot of people have not yet come back to church. Another, I mean, like I'm 36%. The diocese average was 34%. And uh, like some parishes, one of our bigger parishes in the diocese is down 50%. And so, uh, but again, as I've said again and again and again, our job as to, like I could sit there and start getting up and sending emails to everybody and say, you know, you're going to hell if you miss mass once on Sunday. And I might get some people there, but the reason I would get people there. Uh, wasn't because they love God, but because they love themselves and they don't want to go to hell. And so I, I say that's not a good reason to get people to come to church. We need to be people who we try to get them to come to church uh, because they love God, because the greatest commandment. And so we don't, I don't, I, again, as I've said, I don't think we do ourselves any favors at all when we scare people into church. And again, Look at the Protestants. Some of their churches are standing room only. Now, there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but there is no obligation to go to church or go to hell like we have in our, in our faith. So we got to, like the way I've been doing it myself, everybody is going to do their own thing. But even when we are talking about it as a diocese, I said the best thing we need to do is to help people enter into relationship with Jesus. Help them to understand that when they receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, it keeps them alive forever, but it also fills their deepest need to be loved. It's not just an obligation we, you know, again, uh, I'd rather people stay home than these people that come to church and leave at communion. I mean, to me, that's just like the worst thing ever. You're, you're worse than a pagan. 
because you're saying, God, you're not worth my time. At least I came here and you stamped my card so I can get the heck out of here, but I want to get out of here as fast as possible. So they're following the letter of the law, but they're not sure following Jesus, not even close. Huh? And uh, that's what always drives me crazy is those, uh, no one does it in my church because I go crazy. You know, he said, so again, I just say, that's not what God's calling us to do. We got to, uh, we got to uh, do what we do because we love God. So yes, we as a diocese are working on it. As a nation, we're working on it. The church is working on it. But sometimes the church needs purified. And, uh, and there's lots of reasons for the purification. But I really believe that it's still a time of great hope that the people that are at church are usually now the people that want to be at church, even if it kills them, literally, for some of them. And so uh, to see some of these people just coming into being present is one of the best things ever. But yes, but the only one that's going to bring people back to the church isn't us, isn't programs, isn't something that we decide to do. It's going to be what Jesus does through the power of the Holy Spirit in and through his church. Huh? That's the most important thing. And so God loves everybody in the world. He wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. So we got to be the instruments of God's love to people. And uh, um, that's the best thing we can do is we love them back home. We don't scare them back home. Okay. So let's see what else we have here. Do, 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 do. What is your opinion of The Chosen? I think it's one of the best things ever. I really, really like it. I can't, I, 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 I have to be in the mood to watch it because it's very, 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 um, it's very emotional because it's very real. Because you get to see Jesus as a person instead of like this pious stuff that we make Jesus, you know, holding his heart off and his hands are like this. And okay, that's, that's true. Of course it's true. But it helps us to keep God in a box, to keep God on the wall, to keep God um, in a theological, spiritual reality. But God, how does God want to be seen? Well, the God that the universe cannot contain became a baby. He had to have his diaper changed. Do you ever think about God going to the bathroom in his diaper? And again, I, I love those type images because it reminds us this is who God becomes to prove that he loves us, to prove that he is with us, to prove that he wants to be with us, that he takes on our flesh. Whoa, to me, that's the most wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, think about it, how great God is that he wants to be, want to get in our skin. So I think that the, the, the series The Chosen helps make Jesus real. You know, again, the very first one I watched, and I'm thinking at the beginning, I'm thinking, I don't get this. It's about Jesus, and there's no Jesus. I mean, it took, Jesus didn't come. If, the, if it's 30 minutes, Jesus doesn't come to the 25th minute of the first uh, series. And I'm thinking, it's all about Mary Magdalene. I'm thinking, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I didn't care for it, you know? But then at the end, everything falls to be, uh, falls back into place. When, uh, you know, where it begins is the father of Mary Magdalene is reading to her Isaiah 43. 
It says, I have redeemed you. Do not be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And when she was afraid, her father would read that and help her say that. And so now Mary Magdalene's possessed with demons and a prostitute and all these things. And Jesus appears to her towards the end where she goes to have a drink at a, at a, a place to drink. And he, he says, uh, you don't need that. She goes, you stay away from me. How do you know what I need? And then she runs outside. And then he runs after her. Jesus runs after Mary. And that's something, another thing that God does, Emmanuel. He runs after her. And he says, Mary, he says her name. Be not afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, then he goes and embraces her. That was my reading, Isaiah 43, 1 to 5, when I was in college seminary and the beginning of my true spiritual life, being with Jesus for an hour in prayer and silence, and that passage, having to read that passage for a full hour, again and again and again and again, and five minutes before the end of my prayer, that's when Jesus touched me. And everything in my life really changed. I, you know, like I've said a million times, you can say the rosary every day and be an atheist. You can say a Divine Mercy Chapel every day and be an atheist. You can go to daily mass every day and be an atheist. You can be a seminarian and be an atheist. You can just do holy things. But God calls us into intimacy of relationship. And so I was doing all the right things, spending my hour in prayer every day, reading scripture, doing everything I needed to do. But it wasn't until I went and I spent the hour in a pustinia, which we've talked about before, and I spent an hour with the scriptures, which we've talked about before, and then the God of the universe, we've talked about before revealed himself to me and revealed his love to me in a very powerful way. And everything changed from that moment. So when the movie The Chosen began the same way, I was like, whoa, it was very an emotional reality for me, but I just think so, again, I really, really love that, uh, the, movie, the thing The Chosen. Even a simple one, if you want, you know, again, it's all free, they, there's a, there's a, uh, they have the nativity too, which is a little bit shorter, but also it makes it real. Again, I love to talk about, you know, just the nativity and, you know, all the, you could smell the urine and the feast, I mean, the manure and all the stuff that goes along there. And that's what God was born into. A manger, which was to feed others, the Eucharist, which is to feed others, you know. And so think about it. Christmas is so fantastic when we really meditate on it. And so, again, I want to, just for a moment, just to make sure you do that. Huh? Next week, I'll talk a little bit more about what to do for Christmas. But, again, I encourage you to do just three things, which I talked about in my letter to my, uh, the people on my foundation. Is first, spend time with Jesus this Christmas. Second, spend time with your family. And then third, spend time or do things for the poor and those who feel alone. And if you focus on those three things as Christmas, if you, you know, the whole point of it, it says just breathe, B-R-E-A-T-H-E, -E, even though <laughs> they put it out 
It says, pause and breath. I forgot the E. I forgot the E. We all missed it. So when people get this, and hopefully in their mind puts the E on there. But if not, yes, we know it went out wrong. But it says again to people, you know, things are getting crazy right now. And you're crazy. People are asking you for something every time you get an email. It's for someone to ask you for something. Um, you have all this stuff to buy for Christmas and all this stuff going on. And it can be overwhelming sometimes, huh? So you got to breathe. Remember, the spirit of the living God is the breath of God. So pause and breathe in God. And then at Christmas, spend time with Jesus and the Holy Family. Hold him. Think about, you know, wonder with all the uh, angels, wonder with the shepherds and the three kings. Come down and do adoration with Jesus. Bow before him with those shepherds. Hold him with Mary and Joseph. Be, and when you're with your family this year, if you don't have a family, which a lot of people are alone, probably I'll get to, I'll spend most of my Christmas alone. I won't, uh, I think I'm going to go down and visit my mother Christmas Eve early and take her to breakfast or something and come back for the Mass. Um, I have the Midnight Mass and I have uh, the 8, 30, and 11 on Christmas Day. And Father Mac, who a lot of you have got to meet over the daily Mass things, he'll have the 415 Mass that day. But anyway, as um, as I I go, I, I, I was talking to people that you're, you shouldn't be alone for Christmas. And you don't have to be, even if there's no family members, because Jesus, Mary, and Joseph invite you to be part of their family. And so if you're alone this Christmas, don't focus on the aloneness. Focus on being with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That they say, come be part of our family. So this Christmas, you're with the Holy Family, which is the best family ever. But then when you are with your regular family, which sometimes our family drives us all insane, correct? Just stop and notice that everyone in your family has Jesus in them. The people that drive you crazy, the people you wanna argue with, the people that you don't wanna be with, Jesus is there and he loves every one of them. And you gotta remember that Life is fast. You have no idea how long you're going to have your family members with you, especially with all this stuff going on in COVID. So appreciate them. Be with them. Appreciate them. Huh? And then reach out to someone who's not a member of your family. The poor, the uh, alone. There might be a neighbor who's alone and she or he has nobody. Then you bake them some cookies and you take over some cookies and say, I'm thinking about you. You might say, well, my neighbor doesn't like me. All the more to cook them some cookies, bake them some cookies and take them over. And if you're afraid uh, because you have issues with them, put it in something and put it in their front door and ring their doorbell and leave, <laughs> you know? Uh, there was uh, one person, they says, uh, very, I mean, they responded to the the uh, email I sent out and they just says, Father, now because of this, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go and visit the nursing home where my brother's at and I am gonna take a present for every member of that nursing home and stop by and be with them. I thought, how beautiful. And if you and I spend time with Jesus, 
reflect and spend time with our family and reach out and take care of the poor or those who are alone, this will be a very wonderful Christmas for you. It just will. You know, someone read it and they said, now, Father, make sure you take your own advice. Thank you, I will. Absolutely will. So all of us, if you want a good Christmas, one of my spiritual directees came to me today and he said, I don't have a Christmas spirit. And I says, that's because it's all about you. Focus on Jesus, your family, and other people. Think about not what you're going to get for Christmas, about what you can give. Spend your money on somebody else. Spend your money on the poor. Go ahead and give it away. Why? Because that's what God did. He left heaven and became one of us. God the Father gave us his son. That's why we give an imitation of God who gives. Gave us the most precious gift he had. So to do that with others, not just our family, but there are so many people that are alone. I remember last Christmas, uh, it was the first time my mother was in COVID and that, so I went by my, I, I, I had mass in the morning and then I went out by my house, uh, to my house, and I spent the whole day alone with my dogs. And it was horrible, <laughs> just so you know. And last year, I get an invite this year, but last year, no one invited me to their home in my parish because again, people get focused on their own reality. So they forgot about, uh, hopefully it was just a forgotten and not a purposeful thing about their pastor. And uh, so I was kind of like, oh, and I didn't take my advice last year because I didn't reflect on it. I was too uh, focused on myself at that particular moment, feeling bad for myself. Because um, again, sometimes people forget that priests are people too, you know, the, it's just that reality. So, um, but again, I just think if we get out of ourselves and not focus on me being alone or what am I going to get or what are that, then great things can happen because now we can focus on God and focus on the power of what he did so that we can do the same. Okay. Yes, people have invited me to Christmas. In fact, the priest uh, did, not the priest that's like my family. Uh, I heard, found out his whole family's going to be in the area and they, he didn't invite me at all. And I'm thinking, okay, but anyway... You see, I can get crazy here. Yes, I'm invited to many places this year because other people knew that. Okay. Let's go on. Why does scripture in some passages refer to Jesus, the son of man? The son of man is an Old Testament uh, term about the, uh, I don't know the fullness of it all, but it, it talks about the son of man is like the Messiah. He's the one that... Uh, is going to be the savior of all people. He's the son of man. And so son of God, son of man, uh, they go together. And so that's what Jesus is. But again, if you want a much better explanation, just go to the, uh, look it up and it'll be, it'll give you a lot better than that. I'm not a scripture scholar. I don't know if you knew that, but still I know. <laughs> so I do my best. Okay. That is why not to pay attention to chat or anything in 6 a.m. Mass. I want to focus on the Mass. Yes, I don't, uh, I never look at the chat myself. I don't have time. I just post things and I keep moving on. Audrey, Audrey says, don't you feel that more people should wear Mass at Mass? I only see a few with Mass as I'm streaming. Also, they do not distant. I agree with you. I think that um, people uh, have not because... They've been vaccinated. And we were told, remember, 
before, if you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks. Well, that's starting to change now. But again, um, I lost parishioners, as I've said before, I've lost parishioners over asking, when this came out, asking non-vaccinated people to wear masks. And again, not it was for the safety of other people, that's all. Uh, but nope, they left. And uh, some people, boy, and think of the way people are today. You know, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. No, you can't make me. No, we're not going to get this. This is America. Sure. And what, do, and what do people say? They sit there and say, my body, my right. Absolutely. Same thing that people say for abortion. My body, my right. They don't think about the child within them. The people uh, who say, my body, my rights, they don't think about the people they can get sick and die. Uh, they only think about themselves. And that's a problem. You cannot be a follower of Christ and be selfish. You just can't. Jesus wasn't. His followers should not be. So, that's just so important that we have to make sure that... Uh, we're like Jesus. Give up our life for others. Not everybody, not first for my rights and what I can do with my body. Yep. I, I, you know, people don't even get how the mindset this is the same. It's the same mindset. Anti-vaxxers and pro-abortion people. The same argument and the same exact justification. So we got to just watch that and really think about it. I always, like I said to someone today, I says that the Holy Father says to get the vaccine and it's more morally imperative that Catholics get the vaccine. You listen to the Holy Father. I'm not even going to argue about this. Not even, it's just done. The Pope said it, I'm going to live it. That's the end of it. Okay, so again, if you're Catholic anyway. Hello, uh, let's go on here. Nuns would be more the biggest religion in the U.S. right now. It's true. The interesting thing is that as a desire, if the desire is there, even young people, but they're not presenting Jesus. Yes, they're not experiencing Jesus uh, in the Eucharist anyway. So again, the deepest need for everybody is to be loved. Huh? And so our churches should be the most loving places in the world. Now, again, it's not always that way. And again, it's my fault more than anybody else's. I say in my own parish, you know, sometimes I am uh, strong in, uh, in confession. You know, now not for people who have been away for a while. I'm very, very compassionate. But for people who are, you know, go more often and uh, whether they don't think they have any sins or they focus on their past sins all the time, I can be like, listen, you got to let go of the past. Once it's been confessed, it's confessed, it's done. It's like spitting on Christ on the cross to keep bringing up your past sins. Well, usually guys can deal with that. Women, you know, uh, get real, uh, and they should. I mean, they get uh, cry and everything else because I'm so strong. But I want, it, I want it to make sure that they don't keep focusing on their sins. They can focus and be grateful for what Jesus Christ did for them. But too many people just stay focused on the past and their sins, and they've already confessed it. It's already been done, but they keep bringing it up. So I'm trying to shake them out of that. But so what I did was, because I can be unkind. I don't know if people knew that. I go and I put, um, I bought a thing that just came in today. It says, be kind or be quiet. 
and I'm putting it above where people go to confession to me, above their head. So as I'm looking at them, if they're uh, face-to-face, I'm also looking at that above to remind me, Father Larry, be kind or be quiet. And so someone like me needs that reminder explicitly. (laughs) So, uh, oh my, do I ever... So, but again, it's all process, huh? We got to keep going and uh, keep focusing on where God's calling us. Okay, James, hello, Father. Can you explain when God says that man is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church? Of course. That's one of my favorite passages when I'm doing a a, uh, marriage. But it says in Ephesians, it says, wives, be submissive to your husbands. Husbands, husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. So it means that we have to be submissive to each other. That when a woman is called to be submissive, spiritually, the the father, the man in scripture is always the head of the family. Not better, the head, but not the head that everybody's there to obey him. But he's the one that leads the family in the will of God. So like I always tell people, if they... uh, your husband, then, if you're going to be submissive to the mission, it's the mission of Christ, not his mission. There's a big difference here. And so, and then when the husband sit there and say, she's to obey me, I go, uh-huh, and you're to die for her, just so you know. How did Christ love the church? He gave his life for her. So it's a, it's a uh, 100%, 100%. It's a giving of each other's life. So you can't take it out of context and think, well, it's just the woman has to be submissive to the man because he's the head of the body of the church. Nope. Again, we go back to Jesus. How is Jesus, the God of the universe, how does he deal with the church? He becomes submissive to it as the man. He becomes born as a baby. He dies on the cross. And how does he deal with us now? He feeds us with his own precious body and blood, right? And so we could take that precious body and blood. We could take that hose. We could stamp on him, spit on him. We could do anything. The God the universe cannot contain. Think about it. Becomes the host at Eucharist. And so this God who holds all creation in his hand allows us to hold him in our hand. We could do anything we want. The vulnerableness of God. So... All marriage is being more concerned about the other than you are about yourself. So when I'm doing a wedding, I always say, sweetheart, I always ask the girl, remember how the scriptures say, be submissive. Do you think that's what it means? And I always get, no, Father. And I go, yes, that's what it means. Every day when you wake up, you got to think, how can I be submissive to my husband? How can I serve his needs? And all the women are thinking, die, Father, die. I know, I know, I get it a lot. But then anyone that knows me knows I'm an equal opportunity offender. So then I always look at the guy and I say, you read the Bible every day, don't you? No, Father. And I see when it says, when it says, after it says, wives, be submissive to your husbands. No, Father. It says, husbands, love your wives. How is Christ loved the church and gave his life for her? So you know what that means, don't you, son? No, Father. Means your life is over. Every day, your job is to die for your wife and for your children. Just the way Jesus died for love of us. So this isn't a power thing. It's a service thing. Okay? Hopefully that helps. Thanks for the questions, James. Raymond, Madonna, Madonna. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what 
uh, what that is. What masses are you streaming come Christmas Eve? Uh, midnight mass and the 11 o'clock mass. 11 o'clock mass on Christmas Day and midnight mass on Christmas Eve. Hello, Father Larry. So happy you're able to come to Lewiston, Maine. I loved, again, talked about it last week. I love, 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 loved Lewiston. I loved your pastor. I loved the people. I loved the church. It was very good. So hopefully I'll get back up there again. Merry Christmas to you, Genevieve and Jude. Has anyone invited you to Christmas? Yep. Um, 365 Facebook, I don't get them. Sorry, Roman. They say you're welcome here in Pittsburgh. Thank you, Chris. Do you still try fry leftover stuffing? Uh, I haven't had it in two years because I haven't, uh, uh, haven't had it. So, um, and usually if people like, they'll bring me stuffing. And the problem is they bring me stuffing with herbs and that in it. And I don't like herbs and stuffing. I just like plain stuffing. Bread, water, just a little bit. Milk, eggs, uh, celery, onions, chopped up very finely, of course. Uh, salt, pepper. That's it. <laughs> right? Eggs, milk. I think that's the whole thing. I mix it up. And then when you sit there and you have that left over and then you fry it in butter, it is heaven, but if you put other stuff in there, it gets to, the, the taste is different. So it needs to be plain, plain stuffing. And I, I don't do carbs, but I do it. Uh, I didn't do it for Thanksgiving because I didn't have any. But the uh, I did for Thanksgiving. I went to someone's house for desserts, which was perfect for me. And But I had a dinner from Wegmans, a holiday dinner, which was fantastic uh, because my assistant uh, went home and spent four days at home, and he's going to be gone uh, for a week during Christmas, and so, uh, but I'll be at the place, and so uh, it was a great holiday dinner, and they even had a little bit of herb in the stuffing, which was okay, uh, but anyway, what's that got to do with anything? I don't know, but no, I haven't had stuffing lately, but I, it's still my favorite thing. I need a sign that says, be kind or be quiet. <laughs> yeah, we, we all do need that same. Well, I do anyway. I don't know about you, but I need if, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do, 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 do. What time is midnight mass? Oh, drives me crazy. How many syllables does Gloria have? 18 if you're Catholic. <laughs> okay. There's other things here. When you were on Tucson in November, you commented to me about the good news uh, Bible that I use. You said you didn't like it and it was a wimpy version. Could you expound on that? As I found it to be very under, I find it to be very understandable. Yes, the thing about the good news version is it's a, uh, a paraphrase. So what a paraphrase is, is it's a, a way that approximates what the original words is. So it's an interpretation. So if you get, now all, all uh, versions are some interpretation or other, but some are more uh, faithful to the original language. Now remember, Jesus spoke in Aramaic. The scriptures were first written. The New Testament was written in Greek. And then later, because everybody spoke Latin at that time, it was put into the Latin by the Vulgate by uh, St. Jerome. But it was put into that because people didn't understand the Greek. So it was translated so people could read it. And that was part of the, the liturgical reality in that day too. The, the Vulgate was 
they always had liturgy in the Vulgate. It wasn't until much later things changed, much later, like a thousand years after the original thing is only into the full Latin mass. But again, um, so it's trying to be the truest to the original words. A paraphrase is trying to take the idea and put it in our language. That's why it's understandable for you. But ideally, you should have, if you really like that, that's good, but make sure you have a regular Bible, a New American Bible for Catholics so you have the books, but also so you can find, uh, and again, what I do for all my tweets every night is I go to Bible Hub, just biblehub.com, and it gives you the translation for maybe 20 different versions. And so when you're looking at all the versions, you can get a good understanding. So if something, if you don't know what it says in the good news, and if you go to the other things, that can be helpful. Okay, so hopefully that helps. What kind of food do I want for priest open house? All kinds of food. You know, we usually have lots and lots of desserts. Uh, and we usually, you know, uh, you know, need whatever, just we can have it for the people there. Someone always makes a turkey. We either get one or two turkeys. Sometimes people give us ham. Sometimes they'll, uh, a lot of times we don't have the sides enough, you know, uh, side dishes. Um, so, but it's always a good thing. The bishop already asked, I was with him the night before last, and he's saying, looking forward to the party, because again, it's so, so good. For those of you who don't know, every year I have an open house for the, the bishop and all the priests of our diocese. The letters just went, invites, invitations just went, and we have that on the 8th of January, Friday. It's the Friday after the new year. And so, uh, and my parishioners do all the cooking. So, and they just cook from at home and they bring stuff. And so we have lot, a whole room of just filled with desserts. And because people send me a lot of stuff from all over too, like I just got a bunch of fruit baskets. I got a... Um, a lot of uh, good stuff already, and they'll send like popcorn and candy and all that kind of stuff, which I'm not allowed to have, so I put it out for the priests, and, uh, and they'll bring beer, and they'll bring spirits. If you ever come, I have a bar, and there's all this stuff there, and they think, Father must be an alcoholic. <laughs> no, it's just all my people are very generous, and they bring all different kinds of alcohol. I'm going to want to drink, I drink Captain Morgan myself, but uh, they sit there, and they say, uh, uh, you know, it's a full bar, so the priests come, everything they want could be there. So uh, thank you for asking that. So, okay, here we go. Um, what kind of food do you want for priest party? I know that we are all called to be Christ to others, but when you are a priest, but when you are a, as a priest in Persona Christi, you're in Persona Christi, the head, in Capita, or something there, uh, when you say Mass. So when I say Mass on... Uh, I am Christ. It's really, that's when the priest becomes Christ, when he's doing the sacraments. That's why we wear the uh, thing around our neck to show, I'm here to bring you to Christ, not to Father Larry Richards. Now, others, including my assistant, thinks that I exist to bring people to Father Larry Richards. That's very wrong. You know, that's why I let him have the mass to, so he can get out there. And like I told my people when he came, hopefully you all love him more than you love me. You know, that's the point. Uh, but I have an ego, and that's part of the reason why I do what I do. But hopefully I, I keep it under the lordship of Jesus. You know, but again, it's all about bringing people to Jesus. So uh, that's what has to happen at every Mass. Okay. 
I know that we're all called to be yes. Uh, do you like, to, do you do king cake up there? I don't think so. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, no, as far as I know. Hey, Father, I finally see you on live YouTube. Well, it's about time, Eric, you pagan. I didn't hear from you for Thanksgiving. I didn't realize till later on or I'd have emailed you. But anyway, nice sweater. It is a nice sweater, you pagan child. Anyway, God bless you. You need some Italian meatballs at your open house. We usually get some. And I love sausage. I just, that's one of my favorite things is sausage. So happy having everyone. Okay, I got to go to see my shrink. Uh, we will have, God willing, next week. Everything will be up and running. You won't have to do this. I know this had to be one of the hardest uh, podcasts for you to watch because of going from one thing to another. And in my phone, and I'm looking at the screen instead of um, both. I like sweet sausage best, though. Yes. I don't know. Anyway, I got to go. So, uh, no, I'm praying for all of you that I love all of you. I ask you to please pray for me that I always stay faithful to Jesus and to his church. Okay? The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect every one of you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. See you next week.